At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying his word together. Today, we invite you to tune in for our current series, Reveal, Stories with Purpose as we study the parables of Jesus, reading stories with the power to reveal God's truth in our lives. We're so thankful that you're here today. My name is EJ, and on behalf of our um, full team uh, here at Woodside, we want to say welcome and thank you. You know, it's been a busy weekend uh, for our family. Friday, we had an amazing opportunity to hang out with our small group and uh, uh, do a whole bunch of fireworks and things like that. And yesterday, we swam, and um, man, we were all over the place. And then to um, worship this morning has been so life-giving. We just want to say thanks for being here. We're so thankful for each and every one of you. You know, uh, over the last three weeks, we've been in the series called Revealed, and we've been talking through five of the parables uh, of some 40 that Jesus taught. And as we um, do that this morning, we're going to continue in on that series, and um, we're going to talk about these stories of purpose that Jesus gave us. And in the series, we're looking at several different parables of Jesus through the Gospel of Luke. And the parable we're going to spend time in this morning actually is only found in the Gospel of Luke. It's very unique that it's one of the only ones that is found just in the book of Luke. And I love everything about Jesus as a master storyteller. I believe he is the greatest storyteller of all time. And as we look at the truth of Jesus' story through the scriptures, um, I love how he he transports us. He gives us an opportunity to see the story and he he moves us through it in different ways. And this morning, um, we're going to recall that a parable is a story that Jesus shares with a ton of purpose. And Today we're going to learn about God's character and how you and I, through learning that character, can please God. How that we can approach him day in and day out. And our uh, parable this morning is a simple illustration. But within that illustration, it has very prominent implications. If you have your Bibles, would you take them out and turn to Matthew, or excuse me, Luke chapter 18. And before we read our story together, I want to give you a little bit of context about the two main characters we're going to hear about. Jesus tells us a story of a Pharisee and a tax collector, or in your copy of God's Word, it may reference him as a publican. And um, both were sincere and devout men following after um, Jesus. As a matter of fact, one kept very, very careful and strict um, to the law. The Old Testament law, the Pharisee did. The other, um, the profession that he had was one that was filled with extortion and dishonesty was expected um, from everyone in his his town, his era, his profession um, for within him. And the first character that Jesus refers to, this Pharisee, um, if you've read through the Gospels, you will notice that um, you're likely familiar with this group of Jews um, in which God called the Pharisees. They held very tightly to the law. As they hold uh, tightly to the law, what they would do is they would profess it and even add laws on top of laws so that people would have trouble following them. The good thing about the Pharisees is they were honest. And as they followed the law, um, these are the type of people that if you were buying a used car, you would want to buy one from, okay? They followed things to a T. They were very law-abiding, and they were um, typically throughout um, the Old Testament Um, the ones who God um, saw for their religious devotion. 
Uh, the other main character Jesus refers to is a tax collector. And again, if you've read the Gospels, you've probably been familiar with this group. A Matthew, who we read, the Gospel writer, was a tax collector prior uh, to being a follower of Christ. Uh, the word Pharisee that I mentioned a few moments ago means separated one. And the word publican, again, is a grouping of people that were tax collectors. So we have two very stereotypically divided people um, that Jesus is going to tell us about. One, the patriotic, law-abiding, religious, faithful Pharisee, and then the immoral, unpopular traitor as a tax collector. And the thing that I love about this parable, and the thing that I always love unpacking within Scripture, is the compare and contrast that Jesus uses. And this story this morning at times is going to feel redundant, like Jesus is pouring on within this parable the contrast between the two people so that you and I walk away with the way that he desires for us to live. Let's dive right into Luke chapter 18, uh, verse 9 through 14. He says this, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed this, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like the tax collector. Verse 12, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, Jesus says, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. One man we see is too good to mix in with others. The other keeps his distance because he believed he was too bad. Two men on the complete opposite end of the spectrum as it pertains to their heart. Let's look at the Pharisee right off the bat here. I want to describe to you the entrance to the temple. Likely this was, uh, Jesus was referencing a Herodian temple. And um, it would have been about three times the length of the stairs um, that you see here in the sanctuary. It, it would have been very predominant and there would have been an entrance uh, 15, 20, 30 steps high. The Pharisee, as he approaches um, the temple to go and pray, would, I believed, would have rushed up the stairs. He would have been filled with confidence. He would have Rocky Balboa style all the way up each of the stairs. And as he got to the top, he would have found the center of the temple. As he found the center of the temple, I believe he would have lifted his arms. He would have made sure that everybody was looking at him. And as they looked at him, he would have started his prayer. As he rushed up the stairs, I believe that his heart was filled in such a way that he knew the Lord would hear his prayers and they would be pleasing to him. He was certain that God was impressed with what he was bringing to the temple that day. And frankly, as he starts off in um, the first verse here, he starts off really well. He says this, God, I thank you. It's a reference to Psalm 95, verse, verse 2, where it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. But then very quickly, this prayer turns from thanking God to an inward, self-righteous description. It says this, I am not like the other men. 
Imagine with me a man in the center of the temple, people standing all around him saying, God, thank you that I am not like all of the rest of these people. Imagine what God would be thinking about that, that type of prayer. If you were to come here today and that were to be your attitude. Let's look at the contrast though. Because the tax collector on um, his journey towards the temple, I believe, would have been very different. The tax collector, known throughout his community as one who would have been um, hated by others, he would have been collecting these taxes and instead of um, just giving them to the local people in his um, neighborhood to better them, what he would have done is he would have taken um, these taxes and he would have shipped them all the way back off to Rome. As he would have shipped them all the way back off to Rome, the people around him would have gotten very little benefit. The things that he was doing to his own people were unjust. He was a traitor. But his posture within this speaks volume. As he enters into the temple courts, I believe um, we'll see in the scriptures today that he was um, slow. He was meek. He was mild in his approach. At the end of his prayer, his statement is profound. He actually says this in verse 13. God, be merciful. God, be merciful on me, a sinner. As he entered and stepped up each of those stairs, I guarantee that his confidence waned. He was certain that God knew about his sin. He was certain that um, in his eyes, and especially God's, that he was unjust. And let's just for a moment compare and contrast as Jesus does these two men. Um, the Pharisee, oh God, thank you that I am not like the other men. And the publican or the tax collector, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I want to spend a few moments unpacking each of the two disparities between the two of them today. And the reason that I want to do that is because in this parable, I think the thing that we need to see is two very important things. The first one is that there are two ways that people approach God. And if I were to lump everybody in the room this morning into one of those two ways, I believe that we can fall as we leave into one of each of the categories. We can either be like the Pharisee or we have the opportunity to be like the publican. The first way we approach um, God could be depicted like the Pharisee. In Luke uh, chapter uh, 18, verse 9, Luke comments that um, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. So within the parable, Jesus is teaching of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees um, trusted in this story, this parable, that he was righteous. That he was acceptable before God. That everything he had done was good and he boasted about it. And as he did, this prayer that he runs down is like a religious resume off the charts. He says, I fast twice a week. Now keep in mind that the law during this time was that anyone within the land would need to fast for one day a year. Our Jewish friends still celebrate what's called Yom Kippur. It was a time that everyone would come into the temple, and as they came into the temple, they would fast for the one day. The Pharisee says, no, 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 one day is not enough. I fast twice a week over a hundred times. He says, look what I do. 
He says, also upon top of that, I give a tenth of all that I have. Not just a little bit, a tenth. And that, at that time, was also above the Mosaic law. It was something that he expanded on. I believe what he was trying to say here is, I give a tenth of everything I make, and then what I buy on top of that, I give a tenth also. If these are the crops, I give a a tenth of that. It would be like as if each and every one of us on our tax return took another tenth and gave it back. And some of you do, which as a church, we are thankful for. Amen. But here's the thing. Jesus also points out something else. That this man who was a rule follower and this man who was meek and mild had two radically different approaches. Luke goes on and he says, not only um, were they trusting in themselves for their righteousness, but they treated others with contempt. He says, as they were approaching God, this Pharisee, um, he was confident and arrogant. And in that, it leads to this approach where you're disdained of other people. The simplest way I would say it is this, that thinking too highly of yourself causes you to think too lowly of others. And this is the Pharisee. And to be fully transparent, I think for some of us, especially in this season, our righteousness, and I have caught myself in this season within my righteousness, has been bleeding over and making me feel better than others. But I want to check myself. Because the Pharisee did not just boast about his religious accomplishments. He also compares himself to the others. Look at verse 11 with me. It says this, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Imagine with me again the setting within the temple where the man who is lifting up his hand saying, I'm not like all these other people, especially that guy. Have you found yourself there? Because I have. As one of your pastors, humbly and transparently, I have found myself there. Where I think my views, the things that I believe outside of the truth of the scriptures are right. And the Pharisee was able to do this because he said, I can justify judging others because um, in my own estimation, I'm above the judgment. He thought of himself so highly And for some of us, this is our approach to God, trusting in ourselves, impressed with ourselves, and arrogant towards others. The best way to to unpack that within our own hearts is if you were to answer this question this morning, if you died today and had to face God in judgment, why should he let you into heaven? If as I asked that, your first response was to begin to list all the things you do or don't do, you may want to start checking your heart a little bit further. And here's what I mean by that. You're trusting in yourself. You're trusting in your righteousness. You're trusting in your religious observations to make you acceptable before God. If you're one of the people who within your Bible highlights, circles, underline, you'll notice in these first five verses here that the Pharisee, as he prays, mentions himself with the indicator of I am righteous, or I do this five times. With everything that he boasts about in his righteousness, it is always tied to himself. 
If I was a lawyer today, I feel like I was building a pretty good case. But watch what happens. Because the text goes on. And as we learn about how we're to approach, there's another way to approach God. And it's so exemplified in the tax collector. Look at verse 13 with me. It says this, But the tax collector is standing far off. It's the sort of hesitation, this timidity about him. It's a stark contrast to the confident boldness of the Pharisee. The tax collector stands at a distance. In other words, he wasn't presumptuous that he had the right to even approach God in the temple. See, for me, this is where it began to hit home. He says this, that he would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. I feel like every week I come in here and I preach, I talk about Ruthie and Gideon. Ruthie's my little five-year-old sweetheart. And I get this really well. Because when daddy gets a little bit um, heated with how she's acting, and I say, Ruth, get over here. She knows she's done wrong, and at times what she'll do is she'll take her hands and she'll bury them like this in her face. Do you remember your kids doing that? I hope it's not just me. Because she senses the shame, this disappointment. This, Daddy, I messed up. Daddy, I know what I did was wrong. And this is the tax collector. He's in this moment where his approach um, was so necessary. It's so sobering to me that he, he was standing far off. It says not only was he standing far off, he couldn't even lift his eyes up to heaven. And it goes on to talk about how he in this moment says, Lord, I can't even begin to bring before you my sin, my brokenness. So I'm approaching you, God, with shame and remorse. And he hangs his head. And finally, in the description, I think most powerfully, Jesus tells us about the tax collector's approach to God. Look at the rest of the verse. He says this, but he beat his chest. This wasn't a like, Lord, Lord. This was an all out, some um, scriptures render it the word smote, that he would take his hand with a full flex muscle and pound on his chest before God. Look at this approach. He comes in, he stands far off. He hangs his head and he begins to beat his chest and he makes a simple request before the Lord. He says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, the Greek language in this is actually very important. The reason that it's um, so important is because within the text here, um, the word A should be radically and differently um, translated, in my opinion, different. This is a definite article, um, the word A here. And actually how we should read this text is, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. He unpacks it. The way that Jesus is sharing it is that this man 
has so much remorse and shame over his sin, over his being unjust, that he is the sinner of sinners. He is the chief sinner. He is the worst of worst. Uh, Paul describes it in 1 Timothy 1.15, as I just said, the chief of sinners. So look at the depiction of this. Look at the humility in this. The tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his head, but he beat his chest, say, God, be merciful to me, the sinner of sinners, the wretched of wretched. And look at the picture that Jesus is trying to show us. Let's just do the comparison and contrast here real quick. Look at the difference. The Pharisee did not think of himself as a sinner, yet the publican thought of himself as a really bad sinner, the worst of the worst. Or you could describe it like this. The publican was very humble. But the Pharisee was very proud. Or maybe like this. That the publican felt the unworthiness in the presence of God. But the Pharisee, the Pharisee bragged about his worthiness. So God says, I want you to see two radically different approaches of God. He reveals to us what he wants us to see. He said, you today can either trust in yourselves or you can trust in the mercy of God. Or we could say it like this. We can attempt to go um, to God on our own power and our own righteousness, which we clearly saw through the Pharisee. Or, we can approach God with complete humility and with complete brokenness. I hope you're being challenged this morning by this parable as I have. And the thing that I love about the text is for most of us churchgoers, we could leave here and we would know which person we were supposed to emulate. Amen? But Jesus at the very climax of the parable drives the stake into the ground. He says, I want you to understand it. And he says, um, for each of you, this, this just isn't a parable. This is actually um, a way for you and I to figure out how to live in the kingdom of God. And how we do it is we do it um, by figuring out that this is the way of the heart. This is a heart issue. This is a heart matter. You and I, what we need to learn, we need to see is that as we approach God, our heart matters. Look at verse 14 with me, how he drives it in. He says this, I tell you, this man, he's referring um, to the tax collector, the one he just talked about, went down to his house justified or made right before God. Justified, being made right before God because of his righteousness rather than the other. Jesus lays out at the end of this parable, um, he says, listen, there's two separate ways to approach God. But he says, this man, in all of his brokenness, in all of his shame, in all of his humility, came. And as he came, he trusted. He trusted in my righteousness. And as he trusted and he asked for my mercy, he is the one that I justified. Now, I can tell you, 
that as I began to read this parable years ago, as I learned the difference between the Pharisees and the publicans, instantly my thought would have been, I choose the Pharisee. Follows the law, is religious, is doing everything right. But God changed my heart. He said, no, EJ, come to me with humility and brokenness. He says, the merit that you have is not found in you, it's found in me. Because God accepts the broken, sinful man. Because he acknowledges that he was broken and sinful. But Jesus, even to reemphasize this point, in the last part of verse 14 says this, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Do you remember the Pharisee, the five I statements? This is who I am. I am so righteous. I am so good. I go above and beyond what everybody else does. Look at me. I am absolutely the bee's knees, Jesus. I'm the hero of the story. Jesus says, "Um, you will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So the tough question that I should ask each and every one of us this morning is this. What qualifies you? Because this morning, if the qualifications that you bring are presented before God as your righteousness, God will humble you. If today um, you would say that uh, your appearance, you would say that um, your popularity, you would say that the amount of money that you have amassed, you would say that I have um, fame and wealth I am super spiritual and religiously devoted, and that's how I inherit the kingdom of God. I believe God would say to you, the kingdom of heaven is not about appearances. It's about the heart. So if the qualification for you and I as we entered into the room today was that the qualifications that you bring is that you attended church this morning, Not just online, not just in the room, but you were here. I'm righteous. That you've been tithing, not for just a short time, but for a really long time. Your moral record is absolutely impeccable. You are off the charts. Then as you enter in here, I hope that I'm not humbling you, but the parable that Jesus taught about two separate men as they approached him, their hearts were changed because, and your hearts are changed because of who he is. Maybe it's because you look down on other people. Because Jesus pointed that out. Maybe it's because you are righteous because of your ethnic background. Because of a different lifestyle that you carry. Because you have different political views that you are not lost and you are not morally confused. And because of that, you are righteous. Unfortunately, this morning... I would say that you want to change your approach as Jesus calls you to. So EJ, what do I need to do? EJ, how do I live this out? 
EJ, I find myself in the, the indication that my heart has slipped into trusting myself versus Jesus. I would say this, that as Jesus' parable warns against the self-reliance that we can be encouraged that he didn't just leave the Pharisee by himself, that he painted a very depicted picture of the publican, the tax collector, the one who is unjust to say there is justice for you. And my encouragement to you is with the greatest heap that you are able to accept it, cry out to the Lord. If needed, beat on your chest and say, Lord, have mercy on me, for I am the chief of sinners. And as you do, I believe that his response to you will be, you are justified. And folks, I will say this, this is the kind of all-out resilience upon um, God's mercy And this is the kind of all-out repentance from our self-reliance that qualifies you to approach God and be justified. This is how we're accepted into his presence. When the approach of our heart is, Lord, have mercy on me. The heart matters. So today, whether you're eight you're 88 or 98, I would say this. Our cry, our plea should be, Lord, may my resume look like one that is filled with humility, brokenness, repentance, trust, selflessness, a willingness to serve others, compassion towards people who are not like me, in mercy, because I am broken. And again, I believe his response is you will be justified. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that in the greatness of this mercy, that the matter of the heart is what matters. But Lord, we should ask ourselves the tough question of how we're, at, we're approaching God this morning. God, within my very own heart, as I lean on my righteousness, God, would you humble me? And God, may that humbleness be a, a sign, a dedication, a cry, a plea back to you. Lord, in which I say, God, Have mercy on me, a wretched sinner. And God, I will turn my eyes from looking down. I'll repent of those I statements about my righteousness. And I will cling to the work of the cross. I will rest in the precious blood of Jesus that because of the penalty that you paid on the cross, God, I can be justified and shown mercy by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, hear our plea, our prayer, and our petition this morning. 
Father, we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. And all God's people say, amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together this week. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and to get you connected to the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org forward slash connect to introduce yourself today.